Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Detroit Tigers 7, the Cleveland Indians 4. The Detroit Tigers win the three-game series over Cleveland. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And it was a little bit of a rough weekend for the Cleveland Indians. They lose their first series to the Detroit Tigers in a long time. The Detroit Tigers put across seven runs on 13 hits. They really kind of dominated this game. The Indians scratch across four runs on six hints. They get three runs in the ninth inning on a homer by Greg Allen. So for most of this game, it was pretty out of hand. Uh, They looked like they were trying to make a comeback in the ninth, but coming back from a 7-1 deficit in the ninth inning is really hard to do. So they make it 7-4. They make it a little more competitive, but this was Detroit's game. Pitching for the Indians was Carlos Carrasco. He takes the loss. He only lasts three and a third inning. So more struggles for Carlos Carrasco. For the Tigers, they had Scooble pitching for them. I believe it's Tarek Scooble. And Scooble is a highly regarded prospect in their system. It was his second start. And he only went two and a third inning. He only threw 69 pitches. Um, So he battled for that two and a third, but he pitched really well. Three hits, one earned run, one walk, and five strikeouts. Daniel Norris then comes in, pitches three and two-thirds innings. Daniel Norris is actually the one who gets credit for the win. He had two hits, no runs, no walks, and four strikeouts. So uh, Scooble is not an opener. He is going to be a starter for them. Uh it just feels like even in now in late August after we've been playing baseball for you know over a month now some starting pitchers just are not stretched out the way the Cleveland Indian starting pitching is so great for Cleveland but uh you could see the rest of the league is doing things to try to plug gaps and holes in the rotations and make things work and letting a rookie like Scooble go two and a third and then bringing in Daniel Norris is something teams have to do right now. So a little bit strange. Uh, Scooble was pitching effectively. He was in a bit of a jam when he came out of the game. But, yeah, he was pitching effective. So his fastball had a lot of life to it. And we'll get to it in a second. But his fastball was really cooking. And after watching Tristan McKenzie the night before, I'm sure Scooble said, hey, let me see what my fastball can do. So how did it all go down? Uh, it started bad for both pitchers. So Victor Reyes leads off the game with a double into center field. Willie Castro sacrificed, bunts him over to third, and then Miguel Cabrera hits a sack fly to center field. Pretty easy from the Tigers there to scratch across a run against Carlos Carrasco. He then gives up a single to Candelario, a walk to Nico Goodrum. So now it's looking like a really bad inning could happen here in the first, but he gets Jacoby Jones to strike out swinging. All right, so Carrasco gets out of it. Really, the worst part of it was the double. The bunt and the sack fly are old school baseball to scratch across a run in the first inning. So good job out of the Tigers there. And Carrasco, okay, he gets out of it. So how do the Indians respond? Cesar Hernandez leads off the first inning for the Indians with a home run to center field, 
puts it in the seats in front of the bullpen. And this was great to see from Cesar Hernandez. He had, it felt like he had been getting close. He had put a few balls off the wall, hit a few doubles, you know, one hop the wall, stuff like that. It felt like he was due for a home run. Unfortunately, it would be all he does on the day would be that solo home run. So, but we do tie it up. We do tie it up in the bottom of the first. Hey, and Carlos Santana walks again. So uh, all you Walktana fans out there, I'm sure we're excited about seeing Carlos Santana finally get a walk. It felt like it had been a week since he had walked. It's a quiet second inning for uh, Carrasco. He strikes out Bonifacio to start the inning. Bottom of the second, the Indians look like they could get a rally going here. Jordan Luplo with a big fly to right center. It one-hops the wall, goes for a double to lead off the inning. All right, there we go. Luplo taking advantage of a lefty, gets a fastball up and away, and drives it out to right center. There we go. Now we got Domingo Santana, Bo Taylor, and Greg Allen following him. What do they all do? They all strike out swinging. All to fastballs. Domingo Santana gets a high fastball. Bo Taylor gets one low and away. And Greg Allen gets one on the outside edge. They all go down swinging to the fastball. Luplo is stranded at second. With Domingo Santana up, the Indians were not going to play small ball like the Tigers did in the first, right? With Domingo Santana up, you're having that guy swing away. Maybe if the lineup was a little different, if Santana was hitting in front of Luplo, if Bo Taylor had been following him, maybe you would have seen a sack bunt, right? Maybe Bo Taylor would bring him over, but not Domingo Santana. The Indians just aren't going to do that with him. He's here to hit home runs, basically. So whereas the Tigers are able to take advantage of their double in the first, the Indians wasted in the second. Top of the third, Carrasco still looking good. Gets Castro to strike out swinging, pops up Miguel Cabrera, and then gets Candelario to strike out swinging and a ball in the dirt. Taylor throws him out at first. So Carrasco still pitching good. He's now through into the second time through the order, still pitching good. Things still seem okay. And this is where we knock Scoobal out of the game. So Jose Ramirez singles on a sharp ball, basically off Isak Paredes at third base. He smashed one that Paredes was able to get his body in front of, but not really stop. So he's safe with a single. He then steals second base. Lindor is then hit by a pitch. And that would actually be it for Scoobal. He gets into trouble against the Indians there, and they take him out. So, I don't know, a very short leash for Scoobal. Daniel Norris comes in, gets Carlos Santana to fly out to center, and then gets Vermeil Reyes to chop one up the middle, and they're able to get the fielder's choice a second to end the inning. The ball actually tipped off of Daniel Norris's glove. Would it have gone for a single up the middle without that tip from Daniel Norris? I don't know. We will never know. But, all right, the Indians threaten. We knock their starter out of the game. We still have to be feeling pretty good. It's still 1-1. Nico Goodrum comes up, and he crushes a home run. I use crush a lot, don't I? He crushes a home run to right center. That really is where things start to unravel for Carrasco. He gave him a really good pitch to hit there, and Goodrum did not miss it. 2-1 Detroit. Jacoby Jones then doubles. He actually takes an inside pitch, kind of jam job, and fires it out towards the line in left field for a double. And then Jorge Bonifacio gets a, I don't know if it was a slider that didn't slide, something that hung right down the middle, and he hits a home run into the bleachers in left center to bring in two more runs. It's now 4-1 Detroit. 
They do leave Carrasco in the game. He gets Griner to line out, but then Isak Paredes doubles to left field, and that would be it for Carrasco. So Carrasco doesn't make it through the fourth. Now, in the postgame kind of wrap-up from Mandy Bell, she talked a little bit about Carrasco. She talked about you know what the catcher said, what Sandy Alomar said about him. And they all said that he was looking great in the bullpen, right? Warming up for the game. He had a great session to warm up. All his pitches were looking sharp. But then when he got into the game, he just left everything down, which is strange. He was throwing everything in the low part of the zone. And Sandy Alomar talked about how you got to... You got to mix it up high and low. You got to work in and out. And Carrasco just wasn't doing that. Everything was down, which let the Tigers hitters kind of lock in on it. He also said that the second time through the lineup, he really lost command of his fastball. He lost feel for the slider. He couldn't throw the slider anymore, which might be why those guys were able to homer off breaking balls that didn't look like they really broke. So Mandy Bell has the details in her in her postgame article. Uh, but his fastball, which could be considered a four-seamer than sometimes a sinker. He threw 36 times, prompting 16 swings. Just two whiffs of those 16 swings. Of the 20 takes on the fastball, only five were called strikes. So only 25% of the taken fastballs actually went for strikes. So he's not fooling anybody. When he's throwing the fastball, they pretty much know it's coming, and they're pretty much swinging at it and making contact. So that is not good for Carlos Carrasco. That means he's not really mixing up locations with his fastball. And when he completely loses the grip, the, you know, the feel for the slider, then he's going to have trouble. So Carrasco has a lot of things to work through. I mean, he looked good. He was getting some strikeouts. He does end up with four strikeouts in his three and a third inning, but seven hits. And it wasn't the walks this time, only one walk. They were hitting him. So Carrasco still has some stuff to work on because we need him right now. We're still down two starters, right, because of the going out in Minnesota thing. So we need him to step up big time for this starting rotation. That has to be the strength of this team because, as you'll see in a second, it ain't the offense. So Logan Allen comes in to pitch for the Indians, and it was basically the situation of, look, Logan Allen, uh, we're not wasting any more bullpen arms on this game. You are going to go out there and basically, no matter what happens, pitch as many innings as you can. He makes it through the fifth, gets a double play, gets a strikeout, makes it through the fifth inning. The Indians actually put together a threat in the bottom of the fifth. They could have turned things around, right? It was only 4-1. to one. That game is not out of reach against Detroit's pitching. Hernandez strikes out to start the inning, but Jose Ramirez doubles into right center. Good job by Jose Ramirez staying back on a ball, keeping his shoulders up, putting a good swing on a ball. Wasn't trying to crush it. Hit a nice double into the gap. Francisco Lindor reaches on a throwing error by Nico Goodrum, and we got runners out the corner. Carlos Santana pops up in foul territory, and then Fermil Reyes strikes out on a high fastball. So once again, we have a threat. We have our four and five hitters up. We are not getting the job done. Those clutch numbers, those runners in scoring position numbers continue to plummet for the Indians. Logan Allen gets absolutely destroyed by Grayson Griner in the top of the sixth inning. He hits a home run out to the bleachers in left field. And, uh, and that one left Logan Allen shaking his head. 5-1 now Detroit. Then later in the inning, 
They get a little bit of a rally going. Victor Reyes walks. Willie Castro singles. And then Miguel Cabrera singles to right field. Another RBI for Miguel Cabrera, who's climbing up the MLB all-time charts. Brings in Victor Reyes to score. It's now 6-1 to Detroit. The Indians still have nothing. They're striking out. They're lining out. They got nothing going through the sixth, going through the seventh. In the eighth inning, the Tigers put together a pretty good threat against Allen. He walks Griner to start the inning. Isak Paredes singles, runners at first and second. Victor Reyes hits into a double play, but it does move Grayson Griner to third. And then Willie Castro with two outs is able to single on a ground ball to left field right underneath a diving Francisco Lindor, and he's able to score Griner. Detroit was getting it done with two outs. They were getting the runner in from third when they had to. Now 7-1 Detroit. Now this thing feels really out of reach. We get to the ninth inning. They bring in Joe Jimenez to pitch. He walks Luplo to start the inning. All right. Mike Freeman pinch hits for Domingo Santana. He walks. Okay. They're giving us a little bit of a rally here. Yu Chang pinch hits for Bo Taylor. He's called out on strikes, which brings up Greg Allen with one out, who gets a fastball on the inside edge. And Greg Allen actually turned on it and put a pretty good swing on this ball. Hits a home run out to right center field. Three runs come across the score. We've seen Greg Allen show a little bit of pop. He's never going to be... You know, a 20 home run guy probably. But just like Kenny Lofton used to, just like Omar Vizquel used to, when they barrel one up, these guys can't hit one out. So Greg Allen gets his first home run of the season. It's now 7-4. to four. They bring in Jose Cis- Cisnero, and he gets Cesar Hernandez to strike out swinging and Jose Ramirez to ground out to end it. I believe it's Cisnero's first save on the season. And that would be the final. So the Indians put up a little bit of fight in the end, but without that great starting pitching, they just they just didn't have a chance in this game. And Logan Allen gets commended for you know putting in the effort. Logan Allen actually throws 71 pitches in this game. He throws more pitches than Carrasco, goes four and two-thirds, five hits, three earned runs, four walks, and two strikeouts. So Logan Allen is someone who's supposed to be, uh, you know, one of the key players in that Trevor Bauer deal, right? Famil Reyes, Logan Allen, and Scott Moss, I believe. And I'm not seeing it yet from Logan Allen. We're going to have to dig in on Logan Allen. He's in a little bit of a tough spot because he's kind of the long reliever in the bullpen right now. Uh, Maybe he gets a spot start somewhere along the way here. Right now, Plutko is still penciled in for Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, uh, we we really expect to see more from Logan Allen, right? He's a pretty highly regarded prospect. So we'll see how his development continues. I will give Dominic Leon some credit. We talked about yesterday or two days ago how he pitched a great first inning but then got destroyed in the second inning. Well, he pitched the ninth inning this time, and he had a clean inning, gave up a hit, but three strikeouts again. So... Leon's the kind of guy that pitches one inning. I think it's pretty clear. Don't give him two. All right, so that's the final. We lose the series to the Tigers. We actually fall a game and a half back in the standings, and we got Minnesota coming up. So this one, you know, it's only, what, we're not even 30 games into the season yet? But in a 60-game season, this one is important. This is our chance. We have a chance here. We're in striking distance of first place. However... The Twins are definitely a better offense than we are. 
They're just below league average and team batting average at 241. However, we are last at 210. Uh, as far as slugging percentage goes, they are also below league average, if you'd believe it. They're only hitting slugging 412 as a team. The Indians dead last at 332. At OPS, Minnesota again league average at 734. The Indians are actually third to last on this one at 649. So we're getting on base slightly better than the Texas Rangers and the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right, what about home runs? You know that's Minnesota's thing, right? They love hitting home runs. They're not on the torrid pace they were last year. It's actually the White Sox and the Padres this year. 54 home runs apiece for those teams. The Dodgers right behind at 52. Minnesota's in the top 10 at 41 home runs. Where are the Indians? In the bottom six at 23 home runs. What about strikeouts? We know the Indians pitchers love striking out hitters. Well, I'll tell you that the Minnesota Twins are pretty high on the list, or right around the top 10 at 246 strikeouts as a team. The Indians are two behind them, unfortunately, at 237. So I think that's really what our Indians pitchers got to focus on this week coming up. We got to get the strikeout pitches going and put down these Minnesota hitters. They're probably going to hit some home runs off us, right? I think uh, if you were going to the game, you would sit in the bleachers because you're probably going to get some home run balls this week. But we can also strike these guys out. So let's keep them to solo home runs and let's strike some twins out. Now, who to look out for right now for the twins? I got to be honest, they got a couple of guys on the IL. You don't have to worry about Josh Donaldson right now. You don't have to worry about Byron Buxton. And you don't have to worry about catcher Mitch Garver. They're all on the 10-day DL. Who do you have to worry about? Nelson Cruz. Dude's still hitting 333, 656 slugging. He's got a 1.074 OPS. He is crushing right now. Nine home runs. You also got to keep an eye out on Max Kepler. He's only betting 226, but his OPS is at 815, so he's still slugging the ball. Same thing with Eddie Rosario, only hitting 230, but he's got seven home runs on the season. Luis Areas is actually hitting pretty good for them. He is a light-hitting guy. He's hitting 275, but he's only slugging 304. He's got a 651 OPS, which doesn't look great, but he's hitting 275. He's, he's, he's getting on base with the hit. He doesn't walk a lot, so his on-base percentage isn't that high, but he can get on, he can hit. He can hit for some singles, I guess. Miguel Sano still has the power, eight doubles, five home runs, but he's only hitting 215 with 41 strikeouts. So Miguel Sano is definitely someone you should be gunning for with the strikeout. From the pitching, we are going to be facing Kenta Maeda. We're going to be facing Rich Hill who you remember was actually a pretty good starter, an all-star level starter for the Dodgers a few years, for the last few years. And then we're going to be facing their ace, Jose Barrios. And Barrios is not having a great season. His ERA is 4.75. He's 2-3. and three, So that we have a chance against him. Rich Hill has only had two starts. He's 1-1 one one with a 4.7 ERA. So we got a chance against him. His whip is at 1.3. Barrios is at 1.3. Kenta Maeda is going to be tough, and that's who we're facing first. He's got a 2.27 ERA. He's 3-0 in five starts. He's got 
a FIP. If you remember FIP, fielding independent pitching. It's just the thing that the pitcher can prevent. Home runs, walks, hit by pitch, and strikeouts. So it's only things in his control. His FIP, and it's made to look like an ERA. So think ERA numbers here. It's 2.46. That's pretty darn good. His whip, walks, hits per inning pitch, is 0.632. So this is who we are facing tonight. So it's Savali against Maeda. It is going to be a good pitcher's duel tonight. So we are going to have our hands full, and we do not want to end up giving them the lead and then having to face this Twins bullpen because the bullpen is pretty spectacular for them right now. Tyler Clippard is pitching great. His whip is 0.857. Tyler Duffy is at 0.455 whip. That's insane. Trevor May is at 0.9, and Sergio Romo is at 0.444 whip, which means you are not getting on base against those guys. Their ERAs, as you can imagine, are all fantastic. The only one who's struggling is their closer, Taylor Rogers. He's got a 4.82 ERA. He's got two losses on the season, does have five saves. Uh, his whip is 1.393. So if anybody on this team we can get to, it might be Taylor Rogers. But, I mean... We don't want to be in that situation. We do not want to have to face that bullpen with a deficit. So we're going to have to jump on these guys early and let our pitching do the work. So that's what's coming up this week. That's what you have to look forward to. And that's my thoughts. There's not much more to say about this Detroit series. They beat us. They just straight up beat us. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Cleveland yesterday. It's Detroit 7, Cleveland 4, making it look close in the ninth inning with a Greg Allen three-run home run. We'll be back tomorrow to cover Maida against Savali. Should be a good one. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Is there an outfielder out there that you want the Indians to trade for? Are you frustrated with the lineup construction, which has pretty much been the same all season? Do you have thoughts about Carlos Carrasco's pitching? Go ahead and email the show. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.